Hello and welcome to episode 134 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. I made it. You made it? Are you feeling better? Just about. I, Just I about have a you... voice. I have a voice, yeah. so that's a start, hey? <laughs> that is that is a start. It's a very key element for a podcast. Um, yeah, you're kind of screwed doing a podcast if you don't have a voice, which I didn't have about 48 hours ago. Yeah. But hey-ho, we'll, we'll see how we are an hour into this, hey? Yeah, fingers crossed it holds up, because we've got a lot to get to uh, this week. We have a uh, very Are you exciting... telling me I shouldn't scream any black metal lyrics Oh, definitely podcast? not. Definitely, God yeah. God damn it. Well, that's is that what, is like... what happened? Have you just been listening to too much mayhem lately? I it? mean... That I, I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, we will get I into confirm. that because, yeah, <laughs> this week we're going to talk about Lords of Chaos. Um, we're going to get into sort of, we, we didn't think we'd be seeing this now, uh, so it's very exciting. Um, some people may have just now seen this at Glasgow Fright Fest because uh, it was the Fruit opening first. film, uh, which is really, really cool. So hopefully you guys check down on the big screen and we will talk all about it. Um, non-spoilery for most of it, I imagine. Um, but yeah, we'll start with the news because there is quite a lot of awesome stuff here. Um, Sort of, uh, it's been a little while since our last show where we obviously talked about Happy Death Day to you. Um, people seem to really enjoy that episode, for, so thanks for listening if you have already. Uh, if not, check it out. Um, but yeah, this first news story is basically very exciting. We have a confirmation of arguably one of the greatest seasons of television that's ever existed, um, which is the return of The Haunting of Hill House. Um, oh, the return of the haunting of anyway exactly yeah so obviously we kind of they talked about it you know on and off it hadn't been officially confirmed but mike flanagan had already said that his ideas of this were going to be that it was an anthology if it and were to like, continue it drops in march guys <laughs> no he's not that crazy um <laughs> But uh, yeah, so obviously season two is confirmed to be an anthology, a uh, name change, The Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, so obviously different location. It will not be the Crane family, uh, which mm. has also been confirmed. Um, so it's going to be a brand new family, brand new characters. We're unsure of the actors yet, whether or not they'll take the anthology route of something like American Horror Story um, or whether it will be a completely new cast. Um, I have to imagine that he'll bring over maybe one or two, but not like all of them. What do you um, want? Do you want new cast or do you you want american horror story style i i think for this i want a new cast and it, mm. it pains me to say it because i loved the the cast so much you know it was by far my favorite thing about the show yeah. which was one of you know it's my favorite thing that i watched last year on tv um yeah definitely i i just think that they they encapsulated those characters so well um i want to see them all a lot just not in this um because it'll be too obvious to compare it to it like i already mm. know that the lead actress who's played now is going to be on season two of you for netflix and i want to see like the guy who played luke like I, i'm desperate to see him in more stuff and obviously a few of the other faces uh carla and kate would already seen in other stuff um but yeah th this is obviously like super exciting news um oh yeah like we 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 kind of knew it was going to happen anyway, but to see it com confirmed is amazing. Um, the the last sort of piece of information I think in this is that it is being confirmed for twenty twenty. Mm. Um, obviously he's got Doctor Sleep coming out this year, so we're we're not getting a Mike Flanagan less year. Um, it's not yeah. possible to get that any anymore. No, like, he just smashes it every year. Yeah, he like not only is his output extraordinary, um, but the fact that how good it is as well is insane. Um, but yeah, kind of along with this, he he signed a multi-year overall TV deal with Netflix, which is I guess the even more exciting news, really. Where mm. he it starts with the next installment of the Haunting uh, TV well, show. Because I think I think probably Haunt the, the you know he would all, he was almost at the end of his Netflix deal because he's he was mm. already in a fairly heavy Netflix deal. But yeah. his output is so kind of crazy that he's already burned 
then through that and got himself another one yeah obviously with gerald's game and hush but then obviously doctor sleep isn't a netflix movie um so it'll be interesting to see obviously the future you know what 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 it will take but i'm, I'm mm. super glad that they've got him he's obviously one of our favorite people in horror um i just rewatched the horn in the field house a couple of weeks ago Jesus Christ. Um, yeah I, I, I needed to and oh my god it like obviously we've talked about it lots but it, it is just perfect tv like the way it builds across the 10 episodes it's so perfect um i think the bent neck lady episode five is one of my all-time favorite episodes of any tv show um it's so like devastating again rewatching and seeing nell's story um because it's so brilliant how you see these little moments of her story throughout the kind of the first mm. four but then when when it really ties together and it's so heartbreaking and just so well done um, oh, and so scary that's the thing yeah. like it's scary without being like you know, two in your face and, you know, constantly worried. It's just like, it blends everything perfectly. So it's a masterpiece. Exactly. So yeah, I cannot wait for obviously more. Um, and yeah, this is, is very exciting news. Um, this next one is also very exciting news because again, we've kind of talked about it before, but not officially confirmed, uh, the sequel to our favorite movie of 2018. Uh, of course we already knew that, that a quiet place two is coming. Um, May now 15, shit gets real. Yes, we kind of talked that John had, had kind of been talked, I guess, into returning. Um, John Krasinski, uh, he w- wasn't sure initially what he wanted to do, um, but a kind of Instagram slash Twitter post last week all but confirmed it, um, where he just said, time to go back, hashtag part two, um, mm. with, with, a, with presumably the first image of the set, or maybe it's an image from the first movie. I mean, I'm not um, entirely sure whether he's just confirmed that he's in The Last of Us part two. but Either way, I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy with either. Yeah, um, but yeah, this is obviously awesome news. You know, it's I re- that that was the thing I really wanted to see. You know, acting wise, it, it didn't really make sense for him to be in the sequel. Writing wise, again, there was a there was a collecting a collective of writers with the first movie, um, but seeing him behind the the kind of the camera for the director's chair, it, what he did so well in the first movie, I'm I'm thrilled. Um, if it's only directing, like that's the thing I wanted him to do the most with the sequel. Um, oh yeah, definitely. So yeah, again, super exciting news, really. Um, next up, uh, this is just a kind of very small news story because it's not about a movie that we're huge fans of. Probably the the worst movie we've seen this year, and that's not even like that big of a bad thing because we still kind of enjoyed it. Um, just kind of show you the sort of the yeah, quality we've been of the on movies. fire this year. <laughs> yeah, this year has been insane. I'm already dreading the top ten. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Every week I add another movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, Escape Room. Uh, we obviously saw earlier this year, and uh, yeah, it made a shit ton of money at the box office off a very small budget. And so yeah, we all but knew it was going to have a sequel, and it's pretty much all been confirmed that Escape Room Two is happening. Um, no sort of release date yet, but both the the writer and the director are both returning for the sequel. God damn it, Sony. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, just a very small news story there that it is happening. Like 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 we said in that episode, really. Like we're we're totally down for more of this, aren't we? Like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like as they say, I think the concept's strong enough that they could make something fun there. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, we'll see about that one. Um, next up, really, is just a, a, f- a couple of small updates on movies that we saw at Fright Fest um, because we, we obviously saw the nine movies last year, and pretty much all of them are available now. Um, I think this might have been the last two because obviously, Life Changer we know is is available on demand in the US at the minute. Mm. Um, but it's coming to like DVD under the Fright Fest Presents banner, I think, in March, uh, so later this month. Um, but yeah, these last two are pretty that cool. That Fright Fest banner, because it doesn't, it doesn't release most of them on Blu-ray, do they? It's mostly no, DVD, and I that's think... very disappointing. 
yeah super disappointing because i do i do think it is only dvd which mm. yeah because i've heard that there's like they, they already tease it there's like an hour and a half making of documentary and stuff like yeah. that i'm like i desperately want to see that but... i'm like that's cool man but <laughs> yeah by dvds i know like, i know it's ridiculous but it's just like it's really not though because in 2019 yeah. the idea of only doing dvd is quite preposterous for new movies yeah, well, um, i think so and i just think like you know people collect things and you want them mm. to be you know looking right and being you know and it's just yeah to ch- chuck something on dvd in 2019 only i think is a bit ridiculous and it's a shame i mean like, like, yeah, one cut of the dead got a blu-ray release yeah like well, frightfest should know this more than anyone because obviously yeah. their main sponsor being arrow so they understand the success of of you know arrow aren't the company they are today because of dvds like it is the no. blu-ray market so yeah. um but yeah this is kind of cool because yeah two of the movies that we saw are finally getting releases the first one being the documentary that we saw um oh yeah we wasn't sure kind of what was going to happen with this but yeah next week um, uh, so starting from Monday, uh, the 4th of March, for people listening, um, it is going to be available on digital platforms uh, all across the UK. Nice. Um, so that's really cool. Definitely check it out. I think it's a really, really uh, awesome documentary. Like if you're someone who obviously goes to Fright Fest, it's interesting. But if you're a listener who hears us mention it a lot, and obviously we we, we go to it every single year, I think this does a great job of explaining sort of the, the allure and why we enjoy it so much. Yeah, it really, it really goes into the hype and the sense of kind of, you know... Um, I, I was gonna say family but you know just yeah. kind of like yeah you know that sense of being almost mm. when you go there and just feel like you with your peers people that are on the same page as you which is nice and yeah yeah it really goes into that really good and uh, yeah like you say it's good for everyone it, people who go to fight first it's a no-brainer to watch it but yeah definitely for people that don't as well and hear us run on about it every week as we yeah. tend to do because yeah. every movie we seem to review has been at fright fest yeah and that continues uh it's either fright fest or arrow related and uh yeah yeah, the next one continues that trend because it was probably the only movie that we saw, uh, which was Mega Time Squad, mm. where we saw it and I was like, this is kind of, you know, it is a really cool movie, but I was like, this is never going to get released in any capacity. Um, <laughs> it's such no, a like, wild... We're glad we saw this. <laughs> yeah, because I was just like, this movie, I'm not even sure it exists. You know, it's this crazy uh, New Zealand, like, comedy sci-fi. Yeah, well, we saw horror. it at like 11 o'clock at night after a full day of screenings and thought we had gone a little bit crazy yeah and it's a it's a proper <laughs> wild movie and it's one that i've wanted to rewatch really for a while and yeah strangely enough arrow have picked it up um which i didn't see coming at all no i didn't um so yeah the 20th of may for that one they kind of announced it as their next slate of releases in may um mm. and yeah i just thought that was really cool because it's one that i want to check out again mm. for sure definitely um but yeah, Definitely. and then kind of uh, we got a couple more news stories here. And these are these are fairly big deal. I'll start with the uh, the Shudder news because Shudder have really been doing a lot of moves lately, and this mm. this really came out of left field. Um, this broke kind of uh, I think it was yesterday, and we talked about it last year, didn't we? With Leprechaun Returns, yeah. um, and they because there was news reports going around at the time that Sci-Fi, who produced the new Leprechaun movie, were trying to get the rights to um, Killer Clans from Outer Space and Critters. Yeah. Um, I don't know what happened because now Shudder have announced that a Critters eight-part TV show is coming to their streaming platform. Um, I know, I don't understand. Yeah, it's really weird. So, because I thought coming... there was still a, I thought there was a sci-fi movie being made. I thought there was as well. So again, maybe it doesn't clash with that. Maybe it ties mm. in. I don't really know. Um, mm. But it's coming really soon. Uh, it's start. It is coming uh, March twenty first, um, and that's all episodes of the show will be available on that day. Nice. Um, so wild news, right? I mean, you're you were a big critters fan. What do you think of this? Oh news? yeah, I'm I'm buzzing, man. I can't wait. Like, 
I haven't, I've, I've been wanting to like watch Critters for, for like a while, like go back and watch the first ones. And, uh, so yeah, I, I can't wait to get a TV show of it. it. It sounds perfect for a TV show as well. Yeah. It's really cool. Like this was not something I was expecting. Um, <clears throat> no. But I think it's this is exactly we've talked about this before on the show. It's exactly what Shudder needs to do. Oh, this is the shit that Shudder need to do. Yeah, yeah, original content for their platform. um, Be the Netflix of horror, and that's hard because Netflix have such great strong horror. But listen, the the competition is always great for us fans. And yeah, they they really you know they've just released the documentary that I want to see. They've got obviously Eli Ross history of horror on there now. Um, They're always adding obviously new films. I think they saw what was the one I saw like recently. I can't remember what it was. Is Eli Ross on there now? Is it? I believe so, yeah. Um, yeah nice. There was another a film we saw recently that we enjoyed that they're adding. I can't remember off the top of my head now. Um, but yeah, bringing stuff like this Critters thing as well, where you can only see it on Shudder is great. Um, and yeah, it's wild that they've just announced it and then in like three weeks it's out. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, that's the thing that I'm really surprised about. Um, but yeah, then kind of, uh, so there's one more. This is kind of just a, a small update really because we'll probably talk about it more next week. But um, there's been a lot of teasers for Midsummer. Um which is the uh so it's Ari Aster's new movie who was of course the director of Hereditary last year um his new movie is coming out this year in August and they've been teasing it on Twitter with like poster images and gifs and all this different stuff and they've just now announced today that the trailer is dropping next week nice um so yeah I'm I'm super pumped for this obviously it's full steam ahead for this movie like I'm still shocked that he only just finished Hereditary and he's already got a new movie out um but yeah, it sounds super cool, so I can't wait for that. So yeah, we'll obviously talk about that one next week. Um, and then the last news story, which is a very big one, in fact. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but I've been saving this one for last uh, because it's very big casting news uh, to do with Candyman. We found our Candyman. Um, we have indeed. We've obviously talked about it on the show. It's not Michael G- uh, B. Jordan, sadly. Um but uh, we obviously talked about it a little while ago that uh, Lakeith Stanfield was in talks to kind of be the lead protagonist uh, of the movie, um, not necessarily obviously Candyman. So it's mm. that hasn't been confirmed either way yet. Um, but we do indeed have our Candyman. This has been confirmed that he is going to be playing the the titular role, as it were. Um, and it is one uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen, who um, is re- has been in a lot of stuff recently. He was in Aquaman recently. Mm. Um, He's he's in Jordan Peele's Us, which obviously we're going to be seeing very soon. And I can't crazy. Um, and yeah, he's kind of he's in a lot of upcoming projects as well. Um, so he's very much a guy that's you know going to be in a lot of movies and, and TV shows very recently. Um, but yeah, this is interesting. Like he he certainly has that that look to him, like a Tony Todd, where he's this big, you know, mm. like very physically intimidating guy. Um, well, obviously he was like completely ripped for Aquaman. Yeah. Um, and I really liked him in Aquaman. I'd like him to be less buff or at least kind of, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't see Candyman as being as absolutely ripped as he was in, in Aquaman. But yeah. Uh, what about as Michael that, B. Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, exactly. But like, other than that, like, I think, I think it's a real good, good casting. Like I'm excited for it. Like when I saw the name, I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's decent, man. Like, you know, sometimes they just throw something out there. It wasn't someone I had in my head. Mm. The second they kind, I kind of saw it. I was like, "That makes sense. I can see that." Like, yeah, yeah. I'm down. it's interesting because we didn't obviously didn't know. Like, I we pretty much knew at this point that Tony wasn't going to return. Um, but there oh, was still yeah. the second they announced it. it like... Yeah, it, it just didn't seem like it was going to be the case. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool that we've got that. Um, we did have a question. Um, from Cody. Uh, so we'll kind of throw this in now. We obviously use you the questions at the end. But he basically said, uh, "Hey guys, did you see the lead reveal? Uh, yes, we did. And how excited are you for the new Candyman?" Um, 
pretty goddamn excited. Yeah, like I'm. Um, I can't wait. Obviously, it's. I. I. I obviously, we rewatched Candyman recently with the Arrow release. It was fantastic. Um, I think that obviously, with it being kind of jo- like it's such a personal project for Jordan. He's talked loads of times about how important Candyman was for him as a movie growing up. Um, I do obviously. I kind of wish that he was directing it. Um, oh god, that's... yeah, but we can't have everything. No. Um, but it does very much seem like a personal project with him. Obviously, writing it, he you know acquired the rights personally for his production company um so yeah i honestly it's like towards the top of my list of excited movies i really cannot wait um yeah it's it's really really exciting news um but yeah i think that's it's one that i think they could really do some special stuff with as well yeah you know like like it's 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 perfect isn't it for now i think mm. it's it, the time has come i think that Candyman was a really se- seminal movie in the early 90s and then kind of had the sequels that just kind of you know tried to do the same thing uh but but yeah there's been enough time now that i think that yeah now is the time for this movie to come back and definitely it seems like there's the right people behind it as well um but yeah i honestly cannot wait for it uh but yeah a lot of news this week um mm. and a lot of really cool stuff obviously like a quiet place haunting of hill house some nice arrow releases fright yeah, fest stuff. you know average stuff yeah just a normal just a slow news week this week um but yeah shall we talk about this week's film let's do it let's talk about lords of chaos So yeah, we obviously mentioned it at the top of the show. Uh, this one just sort of got shown as the opening movie for Glasgow Fright Fest, um, which is really cool. And yeah, cool, it, it seems like Arrow have, have picked this up. Um, it's unclear exactly what sort of release it's going to get at this point. Um, maybe a limited release and then straight to Blu-ray, like what they did with Climax. Or We're, we're not too sure, really, so we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that in the future. Seems um, like that's what it will be, but who knows? Yeah, so uh, obviously we we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Really, it was on our radar of yeah, this really awesome looking film with the with the cool trailer and obviously the history of this movie. So, I mean, do you want to try and give us a plot of this one? Because there's a lot yeah. there's a lot of context with this movie, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, this movie is kind of uh, a dramatization biography i guess of 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 the uh of a band um Mm. it's based upon a book isn't it yeah so this is basically uh, based around um or a norwegian black metal band called mayhem Mm. who um were around kind of it's it's about their story in the early 90s um and um it kind of centers around the band first forming and then kind of what happens to the band and the absolute crazy stuff really that happens to the band in their first couple of years of really being together. Mm. Um, and it kind of, it, it plays itself quite, uh, well, I guess, first of all, like what was your knowledge of mayhem going into this film? Like as a band, I knew that, that it was infamous for its insanity. Um, that was kind of what drawn me to the idea. And I, I knew very little in regards to the actual specifics. I knew that, yeah. that there was church burnings involved. Um, and I knew that at least one person died. Um, that yeah. was kind of my gist of it. And, and kind of I was, wanting to know the story, but not knowing yeah. like all the ins and outs. Yeah, I was under the assumption that it was more like the fans that was doing crazy shit and that sort right. of thing. Um, but I knew that, yeah, basically this band caused a lot of real life crazy shit to, to happen mm. uh, one way or another. And um, yeah, so kind of this movie, you know, 
delves into exactly well it delves into what happens um it's really difficult to go into like saying like exactly and how true it is because we do not know that the true facts we're judging this more, more as a film mm. and then the fact that like what i've what i have researched post watching this film seems to be what happened around the real crazy shit that i want to know about um you know uh, I'm, I'm not we're not going to get into the kind of he said she said which side of the argument because you know the the film is clearly painting a picture and that's the only picture we've seen but um i think what's really cool is that the the setup for this movie is it's based on true fan lies um, yeah i, I love that at the start yeah yeah it's a really cool it sets the tone to know that look this is based upon events that actually happened and real yeah. people did actually but, die but this to get is from a to a b film. is not going to be like exactly how we say yeah. it you know like this this movie to to get to this story it's all about bad people that have done things that then that they shouldn't really admit and so to kind of get the real truth out of people is going to be next to impossible yeah um, because you have but, to um, word of mouth so and i think they do a good job of, of explaining yeah. that up front really and saying like yeah and this think, is going to be an exact dramatization this isn't a documentary <laughs> no exactly and kind of when i going into this movie the second like the opening scene happened I almost like sat up in my chair. I was like, "Oh shit, this is like a real serious thing." Like mm-hmm. it had it had charm instantly. It had production quality. It had kind of it was well acted. And like I was instantly like, "Shit, I don't know what I was expecting." But yeah. I, I was almost expecting like a student movie that was going to be more of a biography. And yeah. when I realized like, "Shit, I'm watching a movie." Like it kind of um really from from the opening scene sucked me in. Mm. Um and yeah, kind of the the opening, what maybe, you know, there's a big event that happens, what, 20, 25 minutes in, I guess? Yeah, it's like the first 20 um, minutes. And, and that, the first 20 minutes of this movie are one of the most insane roller coasters you'll go on in mm. any horror movie. And the fact that it's, you know, based on real things that have happened, that are, you know, fairly accurate what happened in that first 20 minutes in terms of like the crazy stuff i'm like my god yeah Um, it's wild like the movie just goes full steam ahead like you need to be ready for this you need to be in the right mindset because it goes go and it's and it's 100 miles an hour instantly and there's so much going on on the screen it's a really unrelentless movie i mean i'm not not gonna i'm not gonna lie to you the first like few minutes happened and we get the first like time the band like gets together and starts playing their heavy music and i was like oh shit i'm not mentally prepared for this movie yeah and i like paused it went to my went to my uh, alcohol cupboard got a bottle of whiskey <laughs> and a glass and sat back down and was yeah. like okay now i'm prepared <laughs> that is what type of movie movie this is this is so full-on one of the most full-on yeah. movies i think we've ever seen for the show and you really do have to be in the right mindset like i had a few moments in this movie um specifically after the first major moment about 20 minutes mm. in right i just had to pause it and take a minute just to be like am i ready for the next hour and 40 of this movie yeah and, i was already by then so i felt i felt pretty good about life because yeah it's it's just so in your face with it and it's Mm. it's really exciting the way they show it you know this this is about a group of young people who form this band and have these really crazy ideas and Mm. it's it's really something like this is so hard to pull off i think in terms of making an entertaining movie and then also kind of trying to stay true to the actual story Mm. and I don't know how he's managed to juggle all these different elements of like, right, I'm going to make a movie about a group of really nasty people doing nasty things and somehow make that into an entertaining charm. Yeah, and make movie. them make them endearing. Like mm. you, you, you kind of, you know, you don't hate them or, or at least most of them. Um, yeah. Kind of, you know, our lead, um, Rory Culkin, who obviously we, we know from Scream 4. Mm. Um, 
you know he plays the lead and he's kind of the narrator of this film as well yeah like the opening monologue is him and kind of like over the course of the film he he does have like an inner monologue that we we get um which i really enjoyed that and it really helps move the movie along um yeah and he plays um euronymous and was was he the bass did he play bass or lead guitar lead guitar yeah um and kind of like the the creator of the band um and you kind of get him in his search for a lead singer mm. and kind of like, I really enjoyed that opening kind of part. And they eventually kind of find this lead singer that's, um, well, he's known as dead, isn't he? His like, yeah, that's band his name. name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they explained it in the movie, but it's because he died when he was younger and was resuscitated and brought back to life. They did. They did. He, he had this like obsession with death. Yeah. And, and basically the second we get introduced to dead, things go crazy because yeah, dead is, hanging dead cats in his bedroom and he is you know skinning animals and doing all crazy stuff like that and then kind of recording this music as a band and you know starting to they're starting to amass a following um and it's it's super interesting kind of like the way they do it along with terrifying at the same time Hmm. um and i think kind of yeah for me um this movie, you know, we talked last week about the movie not sticking with us. This movie was just the only thing that was on my mind for about three whole days Yeah, after my, watching it. Uh, yeah, I watched it about four or five days ago, and I honestly haven't had one moment where I haven't stopped thinking about it. Yeah. I've been, like, dying to talk um, about it and just, like, yeah. unpack this movie because that's yeah. how exciting it is. I was like, like this, why, this why is... would I lose my voice this week? I need to yeah. talk about this. Like, there's um, so much going on. Like, I was I was honestly blown away by this movie. Like, mm. I expected to maybe enjoy it because I think yeah. that the, the, the subject material was something that I was interested in. I wanted to hear about the story. Um, mm. But I really wasn't expecting it to be such a well-made movie. Yeah. Really well acted, really entertaining in a really weird way. And I think that it made me feel so many emotions, which you want good thought provoking horror to do. And not for a very long time have I felt so kind of devastated at times, uh, completely sick to my stomach at others, uh, oh actually God, yeah. really empathetic at times as well. And it was such, like, like I said at the start, a roller coaster of emotions that when the credits hit, I was just staring blankly at them for like a few minutes. Yeah. Where I really had to comprehend the movie that I just seen. And I still don't know how I've like can fully comprehend it. Cause there's so much going on. Yeah. Uh, and I think it hit us. So I'd love to, talk to someone that that has seen like that knew a lot about mayhem and kind of Mm. their thoughts on it because obviously so many of these gut punches we didn't see coming um, yeah and kind of um yeah the second this like movie ended i was just straight on like you know wikipedia reading up about the band reading up about what they were doing I, I instantly was watching music videos of like the band because because mm. the band is kind of kind of still going, you know, in some yeah. form and kind of seeing videos of that. I watched like an old concert video. There's this 90s English documentary that, that is <laughs> on YouTube. I ended mm. up watching this like an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> I watched one that was completely subtitled. <laughs> Where it was just because it was it was the actual two two of the band members that are still alive today uh, talking Brilliant. about it all and it was it was yeah. wild. Um, and it's like from what from what I've seen like the, this movie does a good job of putting the, the facts out there of what happened. Like mm. it obviously has some form of agenda. Um yeah. and, and you know it says at the start that you know like you say it's truth and lies but I feel like it does a fantastic job of giving you the crazy stuff that's happened in a really tight, fantastic entertainment package. Mm. And that's the thing that like, I feel like sometimes these, um, 
biographies uh, do miss out on is that you've got to create you know it, you're, you're releasing an entertainment product this is not this is not a documentary this is entertainment that you're making and this does a fantastic job of that because yeah like i say the second the movie started I, that's when i suddenly realized that i'm watching a movie and not this cheap thing that's made to to tell me the story which is what i really just wanted yeah that, that's a really good point because like you say when most films that are we, we haven't really i guess because it just doesn't really happen much in horror films but we haven't seen many films i don't think if any where they are trying to retell like an actual story of events of what's really mm. happened and so going into this yeah you kind of you want it to tell you the facts which is what it does and it and it, and it does it in an entertaining way that interests you so you want to find out more but then the, the main real thing of why you know we'll get to our opinions but i do really love this movie is because it was so goddamn entertaining and was just like a blast to watch so it was like an entertaining horror movie that made me feel all these emotions and i also felt like i learned something mm. and then it also led me down a path of wanting to learn more <clears throat> about this real life scene that really happened and so that's why like i think this movie excels way better than you could possibly imagine until you actually see it um, because i wasn't expecting that you know i thought oh maybe this will be interesting and it'll have some cool moments but maybe yeah. it wouldn't hit the boxes of being an entertaining horror movie which we need to get into the moments of horror because without oh like spoiling them but there's there's a, there's I'll, I'll say to not be too specific but there's at least three moments of like real violence in this movie and my god all of those moments are the, some of the most horrific the, things i've ever seen in a horror film the violence is it just feels so raw like mm. it, it felt so real that like i almost thought it was it, like it was real and then kind of yeah, there's one scene which I know we're both talking about where kind of like it just escalates and escalates and escalates and you think mm. it's got to stop now and it just gets worse and worse and you're like, yeah. oh my God, like it's it's almost like Marta's level of torture. Yeah. <laughs> like it's crazy. Um, I think um, the only movie I can think of that's kind of similar-ish to this was um, Devil's Knot. Did you ever watch that? That was like a, a film with Colin Firth in that was all about the mess with west memphis three no i never saw the dramatization one no. yeah i watched that and that was what i was kind of expecting from this movie where it was like it, it told me the, the facts but was not an entertaining product you know it mm. just kind of gave me it with these actors and i'm like i've already got a fantastic documentary to watch i don't need this mm. whereas like this is like yeah like i say it's just it's it, that's what elevates this so much that even if you know the this story I feel like you'll be entertained by the crazy way that they put it on screen. Yeah, and even if it's not something that's ever interested you and won't pass the movie in mm. terms of like, you know, you don't have to suddenly want to learn about it. Yeah, if you're like, in, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I don't care about Norwegian blackmail. Yeah, in, in those, yeah, when you're watching the movie in the, mo in the, in the, you know, when you're in the middle of it, you'll just enjoy it because the the characters are compelling. The, there's mm. twists. You know, there's there's traditional what would be in a normal movie that's not based upon real events. What you would call twists. Um, mm. And like I say, bringing it back to the the, the moments of violence, I think what really stood out for me was that this movie is like really well edited in terms of its pace because it's a movie about these guys playing this really heavy music. And so it's littered with obviously scenes of that. And it's a really loud and in your face movie. Um, but when it wants to, it knows when to really draw it back and really slow it down. And it always does it in yeah. those moments of violence where there's well, pretty much no yeah, sound. I was going to say the scene, the scene that kind of shook us, that's about 20 minutes in and we will talk about it at some point because it yeah. is, it's not, <laughs> it's not final act, but, um, you know, that scene is so quiet that mm. the kind of, yeah, you get no crazy background. It is just the violence happening and, and nothing else. And it, it does make it much more visceral. 
Yeah, I think for for that, in terms of that, this is one of the best like edited movies I've seen for a long time because mm. it all comes down to that of knowing when to really slow the movie down, and then after those moments when you just feel like, God damn, what the hell did I just see? Then then speed it up again. Let's throw you mm. loads of different things. Here's this other character. Here's this other thing, and then slow it. Bring it. Bring it really back down to reality again when they have a really like groundbreaking sort of horrific moment to really nail in with the audience. Um, those were the things that really stood out to me. Where I was like, man, not only is this entertaining overall and i'm and i'm fascinated by this story but it's so well made like really really well made and for people that aren't you know i don't really know too much about the directors and writers of this movie they're not like well, you know prolific horror guys well the director um, um i saw also that did polar yeah which just yeah. came out <laughs> yeah which just come out on netflix and he is kind of um i really want to see that now based yeah upon this he movie. is he is swedish the director yeah um, it's obviously this is and i think i'm sure you have to look it up now but i think he does have a background in some sort of either he came from a band or something he, he so. d- he's done like a, all of his director credits there's a ton of them that are all like music related yeah so i know that this does come from a place of this is clearly you know source material yeah. that he probably either grew up on or is yeah involved like with he's it, got or... director credits for like a ramstein concert and the metallica video yeah and i'm pretty sure he is he swedish or norwegian did you say um, yeah yeah so yeah, yeah this is clearly you know he's scandinavian so this is clearly something that he grew up on with the news mm. and all that stuff and it it, it it really hits home that this is something that he cared about but which um, i think is interesting because one of the things about this movie is obviously we have rory colkin as the lead mm. um and kind of a lot of american actors in this and they're yeah. they're, they're not putting on accents no it, this movie is set in oslo yeah. but it's not you know it's not subtitled they're not putting on they're not speaking english with accents it is just like american dudes talking there's only one guy and, who has an accent which i think is volta skarsgård um, yeah he's like the only one who has a bit of an accent and like it it is it is a little bit weird isn't it because mm. like when i thought about it afterwards i was like that, that is weird that like they went for that as an angle and i think it will like annoy some people but mm. it didn't really bother me in the slightest i'm like oh like good it's a product that i can like fully give some yeah, well, myself in. that's the thing when you do <laughs> stuff like that it's always an artistic choice of like how do you want to present this to the audience yeah. because like i think that if you're going to cast all these guys and force them to have these accents it's just ridiculous because they wouldn't have accents because they wouldn't be speaking english yeah. um you know they would be speaking a native language so then you'd have the whole movie like that so if they want to do that that's perfectly fine but yeah. if you're not going to do that i would much but then you're only this. going to be big oslo yeah exactly like like yeah, because like, we, we recently talked about it a couple of weeks back with the girl on the spider's web where it was like they had all these mm. people putting on these ridiculous accents like yeah. you had claire foy in the lead role putting on this accent and it was like well no you're english so you may as well just speak english like because you're mm. not cast someone from that actual country so it is weird like i i would much prefer this as yeah an I, I really i liked it as a choice um because it, it never gets in the way then does it like i'm never watching it going well this is a great movie no well that was why, why it, it went until it went until after i had the movie had finished and i was kind of like really unpacking it and i was like oh yeah that that's a weird choice that they went that way yeah yeah you, you obviously mentioned it a couple of times with rory's performance but like for me he was just so fucking good in this movie he he really stood out as like here is the guy that is going to lead you through this story like obviously it's it's told so through the good, point man. of view of euronymous the whole thing um and that's such a difficult thing to do because as i mentioned before like this movie is about bad people doing bad things and so traditionally that's not something that would work for a movie that mm. i would find compelling because you know you want that push and pull you want a good guy and a bad guy and sort of who 
to root for and who to root against. And this doesn't have that. This has a bunch of, like you say, people who aren't very good and aren't very nice. But through Rory's performance, I think he had so many layers to it. And again, he's taken artistic merit with it. You know, he's he's portraying a character, um, I, I think, more so than anyone else in regards to what actually happened. Um, yeah. But I'm perfectly fine with that because I loved his performance as this character. You know, um, I, I just think he was so wonderful. Like he, he really, really like I wanted to see him in more stuff. Obviously, we talked about it before that seeing him in Scream 4, um, <coughs> but that was a long ass time ago now. And mm. see, I, I feel like I've wanted to see him in more stuff. And so, yeah, I'm glad that we've seen him in this. Um, yeah, obviously him being in this movie as the lead is something that kind of like I was unsure of whether he can mm. carry a movie and he 100 percent does. Um, you know, the fact that kind of Euronymous is the creator of this band and the leader and kind of other band members do come and go and he is the constant throughout this movie and mm. he's playing this character that isn't, you know, he shouldn't be likable and he is like, you know, horrible in a lot of ways, but he just is so charming and he pretty much plays it with a smile on his face for most mm. of the movie as well. And and it really does make him likable, and so you go along for the ride with him. Um, yeah, I think that's where some criticism will fall on this movie. Yeah. Is something that we personally like because because <laughs> he not... played it with such a smile. Well, that's the thing, and he he plays it as like like you say a really likable person, and 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 the reality is far from that. I think, and and so it's really an interesting dynamic, and I think it works perfectly for this movie, um, but not necessarily as someone yeah. who either knew more about the story or knew what the things he really done, because mm. like we haven't really touched upon specifics, obviously for fear of spoilers, but pretty much everyone in this movie does really really bad stuff like stuff that you could never condone in any sense and obviously if we're talking about it in a fun horror movie type way it's different but we're talking about real people who did real life things yeah real people died because of their actions and so you obviously can't possibly condone any of that stuff and yeah that's why i think his his performance as this character is really fascinating to me because Mm. he actually does it in a really like fun and interesting and engaging way with the audience which is not necessarily because what it, we expect it is kind of black comedy at times uh, yes we need to talk because, about the comedy it's really interesting yeah, in this movie because the opening dialogue of this movie is you're on us talking and saying that like this is a tragic story this story will not end well and it's kind mm. of done in a comedic sense and that's when i was like whoa like it really was <coughs> the first couple of minutes of this movie really kind of opened my eyes to what this movie was going to be um and yeah throughout it is um you know it really does have like these jokes in it and stuff that kind of i wasn't expecting but it does Mm. break up this crazy stuff that's going on um yeah it's a really subtly done the use of comedy like it's not what we obviously talked about last week with something like happy death day that was very oh yeah, it's like not this jokes no it's it's, it's small, comedy, isn't it yeah and I, I think it it works really well because one one thing going into a movie like this is in any time people take something like this really seriously get, getting away from the actual serious stuff that happened when we're talking about just a band yeah we're at a um, we're talking about an entertainment product as well like this movie is an entertainment product like yeah the, the but i'm talking about the with... the in in regards to real life with just music so take mm. for example any band who's like a heavy metal band and you wear makeup on your face and you you know scream and you say yeah for satan like all of that stuff you have to always have with a wink and a nod because if you take it seriously it's just ridiculous and this Mm. comes as someone who's loved that sort of music their entire life but it is ridiculous so you can't take this sort of shit seriously and so i think the movie does that really well of the sense of these guys believe it and they they own it but there is always a little joke in there there is always like a hey guys this is a bit ridiculous sort of thing. well there's a bit when like a delivery guy comes to the record shop and yeah. it's like uh oh, i've got a delivery for like 
uh, you know, Satan's band or something. Yeah. Like, Satan's band! And like screaming. Yeah, they say Lords of Chaos, I think. Or is it, or is it just Lords of Chaos? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't remember, yeah. But it was something. And they were like, uh, you know, scream it in his face like sarcastically and put up the horns. And it's just like, that, you know, that that is played so tongue-in-cheek and it does just kind of, yeah, you're, they're, they're being a parody of the character almost there. Yeah, and there's so many moments like that where it's like self-referential as to what we're doing is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, like one of the main characters is called Christian, his real birth name. And so that is obviously not metal enough if you want to be in a, in a black metal band. So he starts calling himself Varg. And mm-hmm. that is very much used, you know, in a comedic effect in this movie because it's like, you know, call me Varg, don't call me my real name, which is Christian. And like, yeah, they use like that, that joke is, a few times. Yeah, it's, it's really well done because most people would just kind of let that go and not really bring it up. And, there is there is one scene later on where they really go into the comedy, but I still think it works. Which was the the scene with the journalist. Um, what, I don't know how you felt about that. Scene. <laughs> yeah, that um, was that was odd, wasn't it? Yeah, I liked it though because I, I felt want, like I the, wondered again how much truth was in that. Was that how things kind of happened and transpired? But yeah, no, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Well, what's funny about that scene is the bit when again this is like a little bit specific for people that haven't seen it, but he kind of makes him pose yeah. with these like metal objects, and that is a real photo. Like that is, is it, right, it yeah. looks identical to how it looks in the movie, and so yeah, that's great because you know look at this guy trying to look tough. It's this guy with this long hair, this skinny little guy, um, but he's holding these knives to look tough for the camera, and that is in itself hilarious and so like i love the fact that they make a joke of it in this movie um i just think totally um, this movie has so much going on in regards to like the real life stuff the comedy and the entertainment and somehow it like works yeah (laughs) it really does the um early on in the movie there's a scene where they play um the first concert that you see dead players deleting yeah oh that's crazy scene um yeah but but it almost felt like they were splicing parts of like real music videos with it. It felt mm. really um, like raw and kind of um, not not amateurish, but it felt like it was it was archival. You know, it didn't it didn't feel like this was filmed for the movie because there were times when it spliced to like black and white footage, and I'm like, yeah, have they got actual raw footage of? mayhem that they've spliced into the the actors then performing in the nice glossier version because mm. it really felt like they were two two separate not not because they look so different but because they were the black and white transitional things and i was like it looks so good and then yeah what what that actually happens in that is so crazy and over the top um but it it just made me like i was watching it with my mouth wide open like jesus christ was that actually what they did and then like when you read about it afterwards you're like my god yeah <laughs> that, that was such a powerful scene because that's really early yeah. on like you say yeah. where you're, you're still being introduced to essentially you know as we get into it a little bit more but the first 20 minutes of the movie is euronymous telling his story of how he created the band mayhem and yeah the main thing is he needs a lead vocalist um i can't remember what the specifics were as to what happened they had a vocalist before didn't they yeah um, and they just kind of like walked he just kind of like walked out did he just leave yeah i can't remember if they just thought that he was rubbish or something but yeah they essentially recruit dead and yeah as soon as he's sort of placed into the movie that's when all hell breaks loose like yeah all these crazy scenes and yeah that first concert is is so visceral and so disgusting in the way it shows it where that's kind of the first moment that you go oh shit this movie's going to be not afraid to show you the, the, the dark stuff like yeah this isn't a light-hearted, you know, romp of, of, of showing these events. Like, they're actually going to go deep and go hard. Yeah, and... I don't really think it's too much of a spoiler to talk about what happens in that concert. No, no, um, no. Because, cause, yeah, like, basically they have, you know, um, 
they they have like live well not live but pigs real life pig heads that they have yeah. on stage that they throw into the crowd that the crowd go crazy with this is just this is a you know an actual pig skull that they mm. like throws into the crowd and then um dead basically gets a giant knife and cuts his arm like crazy and then flicks all the blood into the crowd and mm. it's just like this it's so violent and he just cuts himself and it looks so real and then it he flicks it into the crowd and there's just all these fans that are just like screaming with all blood on their face and it's 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 like like you say it's probably 15 minutes into the movie and you're like jesus christ if this isn't the finale of the movie where does this band go from here yeah I don't know if it's you crazy. thought the same as me during that mo- in that scene because I really enjoyed it and like I was thinking to myself, oh okay, is this where they they're sort of going to play with us? Where is this real or not? Because obviously mm. we see like when bands are performing live, they do mental shit all the time. You know, it goes yeah. back to like Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> where he'd bite the head yeah. off a rubber bat, and then obviously the the, the the infamous incident happened. But yeah, it makes you think to yourself, oh okay, have they got like really cool prosthetics? You know, and they can fake himself cutting his arms. Um, That's what I thought because when when he did it and then they showed the band afterwards they like eating food and i was like oh he's gonna be like you know got the pumps and stuff and they're like oh Mm. that was cool man and then he's just like (laughs) sitting at the table like half dead still bleeding they're like you're okay bro and he's like yeah yeah, i can't eat man (laughs) yeah like they straight away you find out that oh no that did actually happen yeah and you're like my god like if this is the sort of mental because that's what i liked you really didn't know like one thing this movie talks about a lot is like posers and who is real Mm. metal you know and and again making fun of it which i liked but in regards to like who is actually believing in this stuff and who's just wanting to believe in it and so someone like dead is fascinating early on because he lives it 24 7 like he doesn't have fake animals tied up in his room he has actual real dead animals he's he's the guy that's like the most like yeah he lived it more than anyone else. Yeah, because like, like he uh, like buries his clothes and then digs them up to perform in and stuff. It's yeah, so they've like the guy's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's he's fascinating because like he's one that I would love to hear more about in regards mm. to the real life person because he's almost one of the only sympathetic characters in the film. Really, yeah, because he doesn't really do anything mean to other people. No, he's just doing. He's animals. just living a crazy life, but he has clearly like so many mental health problems, mm. and it obviously it culminates, you know, in a really crazy scene um but yeah he was one of the only ones really the way you kind of feel sorry for him early on um but yeah like i i don't know man this movie this movie is gonna get harder to talk about without spoiling it um, yeah but if it's not obvious by now like i love this movie so so much like i cannot wait to see it again um i th- obviously yeah. Fingers give me crossed. that arrow release guys oh, give yes. me that blu-ray fingers crossed because yeah i will be pre-ordering it day one like i <laughs> i'll be surprised if i've seen many movies more more this year that i just thoroughly enjoyed as much as this like this this ticks so many boxes for yeah. me personally it's not this would be nowhere near the top of my list in terms of like um uh you know su- suggesting to people to watch no you know, they're like oh what have you seen lately you'd want to see i'd be like oh well and and I even can... even for us as as you know we're we're you know, we're talking on a horror podcast and like, I am mm. completely the same as you. Like I was blown away by this and, and end up being obsessed with the band, like researching it, listening to their albums, like everything. And I don't know whether everyone's going to have that reaction. And so no. kind of, you know, even people in the horror community, but, um, and so, yeah, it's a difficult one to, you know, strongly recommend wholeheartedly because I know it is niche, but but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. And, and I feel like this is going to be my hardcore Henry for 2019. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it might be, man. It's going to be the hill I'm going to die on, and I'm okay with that. Um, 
but yeah i mean do do we do we want to talk spoilers um i mean i guess the only thing that i'd like to unpack a little bit is the the back to the scene 20 minutes in i don't think i want to go much further than that okay that's i'm fair. not worried if we don't yeah well yeah we can talk about that because it's such it will be calling it favorites difficult because it's so but i would say it's gonna be one of my more most impactful scenes in horror I'll yeah. See yeah so i feel like we we would do it a disservice without talking about it so obviously if you don't want to know anything about the movie um yeah. skip forward go watch a it bit. like it's um, fantastic yeah. But yeah, yeah we're, we're gonna have talk. a brief discussion on that i think and that'll yeah be and like you say this is 20 minutes into a two-hour movie um, <laughs> yeah so that's you can how, tell that's when we really like spoilers. something, guys, because we skirt around the movie so much because we're like, we don't want to ruin it, guys. It's just so so special, like, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, like I'm pretty sure, like five minutes into my discussion of um, Escape Room, I was like, yes, yeah, so the final scene. <laughs> yeah, I know it's so funny. Whereas, like, we see a quiet place and we're just like, it's amazing. Yeah. Go watch it. Yeah. We've got nothing else to add. We don't want to say yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, we're like, so the opening scene is on a bridge. Now then, just go watch it. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, like you, you can't, can't even, you can't even. <laughs> talking like five minutes into that film um but yeah obviously spoiler yeah. alert for the first 20 minutes um it's dead man yeah so obviously <laughs> we we know that some crazy shit's gonna happen with him because he, he just seems not right for this world and, and and he seems so unhappy um and he he talks a lot early on with euronymous about killing himself um it's very unclear. He asks Euronymous to, to shoot yeah. him at one point. Which, again, crazy scene early on. Like, you kind of forget how many insane scenes there are. Yeah, he movie. holds a shotgun to his head, and Euronymous is like, yeah. tenses the trigger, and, you know, dead doesn't flinch. And that's, like, not even top five crazy scenes of this film. Like, that's, yeah. that's what's crazy about it. But, um,. Yeah, then we get the, the obviously the scene which he does unfortunately kill himself. And my God, like talking about all the things we've discussed before, the violence, the use of no sound, the editing, mm. the amazing performances, like this mo- this scene hit me for six to yeah. the point where, yeah, I had to stop watching it. I had to walk away from this film. And yeah. again, it's a movie that I love and adore. But like it hit me I too just, hard. Um, <laughs> I just had the lid off the whiskey at that point. Like, yeah. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to be having a few of these. It was because so insane. He, he basically gets a big old knife and cuts straight down both his arms. Oof. And it looks so real mm. and you're watching it and you're kind of thinking like obviously he's just, he's cut himself at a concert we know he goes hard like on, on when he's when he's in that frame of mind and like i was kind of thinking to myself is he is he doing this and then when he cuts it and it's so visceral and so intense i'm like holy shit like he's gonna fucking kill himself and then mm. like he kind of seems like he's like stopped and and lets the blood kind of flow a bit and you think oh is he self-harming and is he going to manage to stop this somehow and not um and then the fucking guy just like slits his throat and not to the point that he's killing himself but to the point now that he is just this bloody mess and i'm like the whole point you're watching um euronymous at his at his parents putting mm. on like the good son act i guess like he's been yeah. given like this plant that he's like carrying around and he dumps <laughs> it in the in the trash can as he leaves but like so he's like heading back to the house and you're thinking like it to me i was thinking does he get back in time like i know he's just slit his throat but he is still alive like he sat on the desk writing a note um which turns out to be the suicide note and it's kind of mm. like i thought to myself you know will this guy survive like is this is this too crazy to think that and then and then obviously he gets the shotgun out and yeah and and when he when he actually pulls the trigger with the gun i was just like this this was the craziest like two or three minutes that i've seen in a movie for a long long time i'm yeah. talking it, it for me it was martyrs level 
Yeah, it, it made me feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. Where, like you say, after he's done all the stuff with the knife, that was so visceral mm. that when he got the gun, yeah. I was fully expecting the bang, pull the trigger, and it boom, instantly goes to black. But the fact that they full-on show it, mm. I was just like, dude, you guys then, need and to and calm hang, down. And then hang on the scene afterwards. Yeah. Like, he pulls the trigger, you see it happen, and then it just shows the body on the bed for like a few seconds until it cuts away. Mm. And it then was obviously, so goddamn brutal. Kind of then what Euronymous does, like post that, I, I mm. cannot believe that happened in real life. Like that, yeah. I, I just cannot comprehend that that was their album cover of their, yeah. their kind of. And again, early on, album. they're showing you the type of person that Euronymous is. Like, yeah. he's 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 so fucked up in the head, and yet somehow he becomes the guy that we're drawn to by the end of the movie, yeah. which is wild. Um, yeah, you know. It is crazy. Like this movie was one hell of a roller coaster, and yeah, one that will stick with me. I think um, when a movie like this comes along, that one that kind of like we we heard about it fairly recently, mm. and it was on our radar, and it was certainly one that I was quite excited to see, but never to this level. Do you know what no. I mean? Like I just kind of thought like, oh yeah, I've heard that there was this crazy band, and I don't know much about it, and I'd like to know more. So perfect, you know. And yeah. then to get this was just something else. Oh yeah, it was way better than I expected, and I still had fairly high hopes. But um, there there was a couple of things that I wanted to mention as well. I just remembered that I do have a couple of criticisms of this movie. The mm. the main one being, and, I, and it's, this is fairly major, is um the character of Anne Marie. Um, right. She she to me was really problematic in this movie. She felt super forced and really unnatural in regards to what was happening in the movie. Where every time she popped up, I was just like, "Oh, okay, she's randomly here now to get us from A to B." Um, she really didn't fit the tone of the movie. I felt um, she was really undeveloped. She was just there for pretty much the guy's pleasure, you know, to look at and yeah. to do other stuff with. And that was really problematic for me because this is a all male story, and so it really felt like the writer yeah she's our like, one need, female yeah, we, character yeah they're like oh we need to have a girl in this you know because otherwise everyone will just say we only have guys and so instead of you know that would have been maybe an issue but if the story only had men in it that's fine but to add a girl who's then really undeveloped and is really only there for really negative reasons i thought was really poor um and then kind of it's only interesting after the fact but reading about what was real and what was fake it seems like she didn't exist um oh, she really? purely made up for the movie and so right. that hammers that home even more um mm. because you're like oh wow yeah this makes total sense like she yeah. didn't story at all well uh, i think i think she is i think the reason why she's there because i do i agree with everything you said that like it, it did seem odd because it's because like to begin with i was like oh so she's a groupie then yeah. she was like a photographer mm. and and then obviously like i was just like i don't really understand what she is and when she pops up and um because she's in, she's in it from the very start, isn't she? Pretty much, you know, she's yeah. in it from the dead days, you know. Um, and um, <coughs> the only reason why I see that she's in the movie is to give Euronymous that human element, mm. because he does have like scenes with her where he is laughing and joking and kind of also laughing about his character. They have this photo shoot where he's in the full makeup and she's like getting him to pose and stuff. And they're like laughing about the poses and that. Mm. And he's breaking it back a bit. And it's probably something that, yeah, that, that what didn't happen because as the movie goes on, Euronymous is quite an interesting one where he does become, you feel like he is as a believer of it as kind of Varg and dead and these other people he just doesn't necessarily practice what he preaches but he's you still feel like he believed what he preached if you know what mm. i mean and kind of 
as the movie gets later on, it, it seems to unfold and it seems that he actually believes in it less and less. And he was just this music, musician, like the bands that you spoke about earlier, that are saying these things with a bit of a smile on their face. Mm. And it's kind of like, I, I'm interested to know what Euronymous was actually like, which way he was. Was he that way? And was it ultimately in the end that he kind of said, you know, yes, it is just like, you know, I'm having fun as a band. Or was he vague and dead you know i wonder what mm. he was like you know um, yeah he's especially really with Anne marie being uh, what, what you've said you know seemingly a, a you know a fake character she was the one that gave him that kind of humanization and mm. kind of the showed that side of him being the the, the certainly the first gap so that, that he was a bit of a i mean i don't want to really say faker but you know wasn't believing it fully it was more of him acting it well yeah i mean they try and make him so human don't they and they try mm. and make him seem like not the bad guy and so yeah, yeah it definitely all goes with that like all the amory stuff um i think i had another minor criticism which this is spoilery so skip forward a little bit if you don't want to hear it but it, it was the scene when he cuts his hair um right i i just thought that that felt really forced with the movie where it was like we are making the full transition now of like euronymous is the hero of the story he is the good guy you mm. know he cuts his hair which is super symbolic let alone the fact that in regards to in the metal scene it's even more symbolic because they would never do that um and he's wearing plain clothes you know he's not wearing the crazy clothes anymore and yeah Anne marie is the one that you know does all that she's the one mm. that cuts his hair and she's the one that's dressing him and so they're very trying to make him out like he has this other side to him and again yeah it's kind of it makes the finale of the movie more impactful for sure, but it goes completely uh, like what you were just saying is that all of this stuff with Anne-Marie really felt like, no, 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 we're trying to make Euronymous m seem like this person. And mm -hmm. yeah, again, we're talking a lot of different things of like, what is the reality of this person? But even in the movie, I have no idea about him as a real person, but in the movie, it did feel a bit forced into it of like, yeah. is Anne-Marie, oh, she's cutting his hair. Oh, he's a good guy now. Like, it did. And I, I feel, know, a bit I feel on the like nose. because the ending of the movie was super impactful and you feel yeah, genuine we didn't need sorrow. That, did we? And, I, and I wonder, I feel like I didn't need that stuff, but I wonder mm. if I didn't have it, would I have been so, would I would I have had those emotions without it? Yeah. Like it's hard, it's hard to tell because even Definitely. though I do critique it, I do wonder what did it serve the purpose that it, that mm. it was there for? Because I definitely felt those emotions at the end of the movie for a guy that for all intents and purposes, I shouldn't have felt them for. Well, that's the thing. And it was going back to what I said at the start, which is that I think that it's because of Rory's performance is the reason mm. why I personally cared. Like I was I starting so to too. care for him, even when he was a piece of shit. Whereas when, yeah. like you say, when the movie is really hammering home that he's a human, like that, that are the points where I'm starting to, I step back a little bit and be like, oh, you're forcing this down my throat a little bit. But yeah, mm. I totally get where you're coming from. I mean, if you're going like, to, if you're going to give it. me, you know, long haired Kevin McAllister, I'm going to feel for the guy. Like I'm going <laughs> to have feelings. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like you say, the, that that thing with the haircut and everything is very minor. The, the Amory stuff is fairly major because she's a major. Yeah, it's more major. I just didn't like at all, and not not in the sense of like, oh, I didn't like her, but in the sense of I didn't like the way she was written, the way she was used, and it actually mm -hmm. felt really backwards <clears throat> for a movie that's so well made to have this like forced female character that just doesn't work and is really underdeveloped was was a shame. Um, yeah, and I kind of felt like because because certainly. Um, women are objects in this movie for the band yeah. members they have groupies varg in particular uh, mm. they kind of go into like he's just has these women and then just completely just chucks them away afterwards yeah. they are objects and i feel like Anne marie was in there to be kind of more of a stronger female yeah she does have scenes where she tries to be a bit stronger but i never i never felt that like you say that she was developed or genuine enough for that to actually work 
Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's an idea where like the Amory character could work really well, um, mm. like you say, because yeah, that is a good point. I'd kind of forgot about all the Varg stuff, like because mm. from that point of view, this if Amory really... wasn't in this, then the only women you would see are pure <laughs> objects. So, yeah, which would be know. which would be another criticism of the movie. Mm. So yeah, mm. it's, it is difficult. Like they kind of yeah. the the problem is is that what was the real story? You know, well, because it's comebacks. It's a movie about comebacks. Exactly, <laughs> and that that's what's so interesting about this. Like, this is a fascinating movie to talk about because <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just shouldn't work. Like, like as i kept saying before these yeah. are bad people doing you should bad hate things. watching it and you should hate everyone in it but my <laughs> god it's entertaining <laughs> yeah that's the box quite right there um yeah you can have it guys like, someone tells me you're not going to use that please use some of the more positive things we've said about the movie because we did actually really enjoy it um hey but, yeah, the, the end bit was bloody entertaining yeah well i mean yeah we're, we're not going to talk about the end but my god did that leave a, a an impact on me but um yeah. yeah i don't i don't think i have much more to say about this movie really other than no, i, I just loved it to some more mayhem. i just want to watch this again like obviously i'm going to wait now because hopefully it will get the arrow release but um yeah this is a movie that's going to stay with me for a long time and it's going to be one mm. of my own personal favorites of the year regardless of kind of where it ends up um, yeah it's a yeah. difficult one to judge like mm. in terms of horror in general but in terms of personal enjoyment yes it's massively high on my list as well yeah it's awesome and it's weird because i was watching this as well and i thought to myself i don't know which way you're going to go on it we've said this a couple of times recently Mm. on the show and then we've gone the exact same route every time (laughs) and i'd imagine listeners are like jesus christ guys could you have like varied opinions on it because we're always just seem to and the same way but like watching this one i thought to myself my god i'm so into this and i wonder if matt has even switched it off at this point like because i feel like you could go that yeah. way with it that was like for me like yeah we're always w- waiting like, for so what bars. the next upgrade is going to be but yeah i thought the exact opposite for this yeah. for you in regards to i thought man i'm gonna love this and mike's gonna hate it <laughs> yeah because it's long yeah. as well like and so this movie is just under mm. two hours and you know we don't like a long movie but I got to be honest, I didn't even nope. look at the time once. I was too enthralled. There's with it, so much you know? going on, and it really um, is multiple different movies because it has different focuses at different times. Like sometimes it's about mm-hmm. the band, sometimes it's about the back and forth between our two lead characters. So like, it totally earned the runtime for me. Like I never felt bored at all. Um, Definitely. But yeah, this this movie is super awesome. Obviously, it's I think it's the end of March. It's getting sort of a wider release. Um, we'll keep you guys updated in regards to what it is, whether it's cinema or, or if it's straight to Arrow. Because yeah, we're we're going to talk about this movie in the future. Um, yeah, we are. But yeah, that was our discussion on Lords of Chaos. <clears throat> uh, we will take a short break and we will be right back. So yeah, we should uh, obviously we've, we've both been playing a lot of Resident Evil Two. Um, I haven't played. Have we? Yes, we have. Um, I want to play more of it, but I've kind of run out of things to do now. Um, yeah, yeah. Did, there's not much you... more you could do. No, yeah, I like S plus ranked it and just did all of the challenges. Um, did, did you play the DLC? Um, I didn't really. I played a little bit of the DLC. I was focusing on getting the platinum trophy and kind of going through all the playthroughs and doing 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 those things, which I inevitably did. Mm. And after that, I kind of felt like I had enough. Um, for me, I'm, I, I don't really like the the shorter, like what the DLC was. I'm really stoked that they put it out as free free DLC, and it's really cool. Yeah. But it's not personally for me. I want I want the full game. I, I was never big at playing Hunk and Tofu either. Mm. Um, See, so yeah, I played through Hunk and enjoyed that. Um, 
and then kind of yeah play, played one of the other ones and decided now nah, i'm going to go back to get the platinum yeah they're pretty cool like they there are these fun little things you know and it's it's mm. cool that they've added it especially for free um i oh, like it's real the, cool the reasoning behind it as well like it's cool to have these free kind of what if scenarios um one of them's fairly oh, it's su- yeah it's super cool yeah um it, it is cool just to see like oh yeah what if this would happen you know what if there was these survivors but yeah they pretty much play like the hunk and tofu stuff um mm. especially i like the the fourth one the one you kind of unlock when you beat them all where it is their kind of take on a horde mode um I thought that was really cool. Um, you're kind of being stuck in this one location with just all of these like zombies coming after you. Um, right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, obviously I've, I've played the game. God knows how many times <coughs> I've lost count, maybe like 12 times and it's mm. goddamn fantastic. We, we talked about it a lot, but the gameplay itself is just mm. so stunning. Like it's probably going to, I'd be surprised if I enjoy playing a game more this year because the gameplay mm. was so strong and I want a reason to play it again, man. Like I it's a weird, yeah it's a weird one because like i was not super excited when it was coming out because like i'm like oh don't get me wrong i love resident evil it's one of my favorite franchises these these first three games are seminal games for me Mm. as a gamer and so like the fact that they were making this remaking it was coming out and i'm not like jumping out of my seat i don't know why but the second it was in my hands and i put it in i just couldn't believe it and it's um it just gets me so excited. I really hope. I just I just need three. I need mm. three, man. I need it so badly. I love watching. I've um, like been watching a lot of like modded stuff for the PC version, um, which yeah. makes me wish that I had. Have they got Nemesis in oh, it? Oh, yeah. yeah, they've got Nemesis. Um, <laughs> like, that was the first thing that everyone done was like, Nemesis, <laughs> of like Mr. X is now Nemesis. And <laughs> really? they actually have a really sick looking Nemesis model. Like, it obviously doesn't look as good as the rest of the game does, but the fact mm. that someone's already made this and put it into work. Um, one of my favorite ones yeah, I watched. Like, a, you do it, Capcom. I watched a whole run of uh, someone's playthrough where every enemy is Mr. X and Mr. X Brilliant. is Nemesis. <laughs> um, Fantastic. Which and he literally says stars and he has like the theme Brilliant. and everything. So some of those scenes, obviously, like when you first start that game and you have to run to the RPD, there's like thirty zombies there. <laughs> so that's like thirty Nemesis all walking in a train of Nemesis. Like it's hilarious. I'll have to send you it so you can Brilliant. watch it. Like it's so awesome. Yeah, I'm down for that. Um, but I love that sort of stuff. Like I hope that that, cause that to me will keep the game more alive. You know, I, that was why I wish I had it on PC now. Cause I would just play all these stupid playthroughs. Oh, well, I'd, I'd prefer that man because liquors, liquors, they're, they're bastards. Well, the best thing about this is the nemesis walks on the wall. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> like a liquor, which is just sick. Um, cause I can't handle those guys. Yeah. Like, they're, they're truly terrifying. Like mm. the amount of times they troll me when I'm walking and trying to sneak <laughs> past them and then they yeah. just spaz out and I, I have to like run. And then I'm like, fuck. They yeah, haven't it's seen a... me or heard me, and then, and then I, yeah. yeah, it's not good, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a masterpiece. Like if if you're a fan of horror and you sometimes dip into gaming, like you got to pick this mm. up. I'm super excited to see well, you know, the the fallout of it because it seems to have done really well and sold a lot of copies. Yeah, it's sold um, like four million, hasn't it? Or something. Yeah, which is cool. And yeah, hopefully it's only a matter of time before they announce free. Like they have to. <laughs> like it'd be, it'd be shocking if they didn't. Um, mm. But yeah, what else have you been sort of watching lately? Um, I watched a couple of, you know it guys, Arrow Blu-rays. Oh, there it is again. Um, I watched um, I watched one that uh, I've been sitting on for quite a while, since uh, Fright Fest, in, in fact, uh, and that was House. <laughs> oh yeah, um, good old House. Re-watching that. I think we spoke about it a few times on the show, how we watched this movie kind of way too young, <laughs> mm. and how it kind of left quite an impact on us and kind of watching it again it's a proper fun movie it's just kind of real silly and um 
over the top, but but has that charm to it. Kind of the the lead. Um, uh, he's called William Katz. He plays kind of Roger Hob- uh, Cobb. He's the he's kind of the glue. He is your Ash, you know, um, that kind of is this kind of slapstick, but also charming and kind of really holds the movie together. And yeah, it was it proper enjoyable, and it has like real deep kind of messaging as well, like about the, the you know the Vietnam War and the syndrome that has what it's left on people and Mm. what he was actually seeing and that sort of thing. But yeah, it's a cool movie, man. Like I'm sure people listen to this already know that. Yeah. I've been Uh, wanting to rewatch that for a while. I need to get into it. It's a good one. And then, uh, yeah, kind of continue to down my watching old ass horror movies that I've not seen before. Um, I stepped into some Cronenberg territory. Oh, nice. Um, and ended up watching rabid for the first time. Um, the remake coming seen, later this year. No, have I haven't seen, seen Rabbit. Rabbit no. Yeah, oh, it's it's a cool movie, man. Like, um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's kind of this. Um, this woman is involved in a motorbike accident um, where she's left kind of badly burned, and this this weird plastic surgery place is kind of like right where the accident happens and they take Mm. her in and perform the surgery to save her life even though they're plastic surgeons and then they do this weird um uh explore kind of like um never done before um skin graft to try to heal her and Mm. in doing so it's caused her to like um basically develop like a taste for human blood and everyone that she then bites becomes rabid it's kind of you know it's kind of like zombies but they're not really zombies mm. it's more they, they talk about it in the movie like as a form of rabies and she's going around like um almost needing it to survive so it's kind of i was trying to think like films that have done it where, where she, you know like a vampire movie and that sort of thing like she's she's got this hunger and she goes to like a restaurant and eats like a load of burgers and then has to sick them up and then has to get the blood mm. um so it's that sort of thing with her and the lead she's she's fantastic in it um Marilyn Chambers, who plays Rose, she's the one that really kind of, <clears throat> you know, is the glue of this one. And she does a really good job of being this, you know, really fantastic villainess that kind of um, you feel for her, but you also feel her evil as well. And it's and obviously being Cronenberg has some crazy effects and weird shit going on as well. But it, it was proper enjoyable. I really liked it. And, can, you know, this movie's like 77 or something. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it was a cool one. Yeah, sounds cool. Are you are you interested in the remake then? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it's going to be a weird one because, um, yeah, after just watching this, like, um, it's weird to think of this movie coming out in in this sort of climate, really, um, because it is about kind of um, her going around and uh, kind of using guys and and getting them and then turning them rabid and then eventually like the whole city just becomes it and the scale of this movie actually for something that's so old is quite impressive because um, mm. so many of these movies are kind of you know shot in like one location and, and very few cast members whereas like this one goes on like a subway and like the entire subway gets like rabid hmm. um yeah it's a good one definitely cool. I want to see <clears throat> Um, yeah. yeah. What about you? You watched any? You 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 not been watching any Arrow movies? No, I haven't watched any Arrow ones. I need to. I've like, got, got my I've got my little pile sitting here. A lot of uh, Romero movies that I need to check out. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to watch the stuff as well. But I kind of since yeah. society, I'm just like, man, I can't think I can watch anything else. Like, I'm still thinking about that. Um, but uh, yeah, just kind of our upcoming schedule to, to give you guys a little heads up. 
um, because March looks very interesting. Um, yeah, sort of next week, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed. Maybe. Again, this is all subject to change, as always, with horror, which is great. This um, is subject to it actually getting dispatched. <laughs> yeah, uh, supposedly the uh, director's cut Blu-ray of The House That Jack Built is out next week. Um, obviously, people would have probably seen this because it kind of quasi came out, but it didn't really get a proper release, which is always frustrating with horror because it kind of like sometimes leaks online or sometimes goes officially online and then you don't know whether to cover it or not. And uh, I can, I can confirm that this isn't going to be coming to us next week already. Really? <laughs> what does the release date say? <laughs> it's 11th of March. <laughs> okay. Well, so they've already put it back a week. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, in that case, we need to figure out what we're doing for next week. <laughs> um, so you'll find out next week. Um, yeah. Hey, there's yeah. nothing like a little bit of, you know, on air um fuckery going on with the schedule that's fantastic um well this next one we're probably not going to get either uh because it's to be fair it still says it still says fourth of march on the the home page just on my order it says 13th so maybe next week guys who knows who knows nice um (laughs) i'm just gonna send it to you like nine days later in 2019 um well yeah well speaking of that because it's a movie that already came out in america uh which is the prodigy um Mm. is supposedly out in the uk on the 15th of march um if it's out we'll check it out um one movie which should be the release date which is a fright fest movie um one we didn't see uh but i saw a lot of buzz about it um is book of monsters um Mm. is supposedly out on blu-ray the 19th of march um because I think it has just hit in the States, hasn't it, that one? Has it? Oh, okay. Um, mm. But yeah, I know that they've they put a lot of work into this uh, nice Blu-ray, so hopefully that one's out. And then, of course, the big one, the big um, one. which we, we do know is coming out, because he wouldn't screw us over like that, um, <clears throat> is the one and only us to cap off the month. Um, yes. So yeah, cannot wait for that. Obviously, we'll talk about it in the coming weeks. But yeah, it's, it's all of these movies, like all four of those movies that I just talked about, I'm, I'm like curious yeah, about Yeah, super pumped to see, yeah. Um, it's been a wild year so far, Brady, where we haven't had that one-off week where it's like scraping the barrel of what are we going to watch. Um, no, we thought been... that was going to be this week, and then suddenly, Lord's yeah, chaos. exactly. There's always been something that we've been fascinated by. So, um, yeah, we're going to have to figure out. That, that's really that's going to be a shame because I'm really pumped for the house that Jack built. Um, yeah, it might still happen, man. It just shows what sort of state um, <laughs> Blu-ray delivery is. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that was episode 134 where we talked about Lords of Chaos. Uh, thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Mainly because I never could How could I start now?